Today we're joined by Josh. Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, excited to be here. <laughs> so at New Wave, you know, you're known as the watch guy. Um, I guess I'm a person who likes to buy watches, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, and you have a uh, Instagram handle called the casual watch guy. Yeah, because it started out as like a casual thing. Like I'm just kind of casually into watches, but that changed, so. <laughs> so um, tell me, what is it about, I feel like watches is something that's like a timeless thing that's almost like old world. Mm -hmm. Like what is the appeal of like watches for you personally? Um. I guess like an engineering background, you kind of really like the movement of it. So like some watches that are mechanical, they don't have any battery. So it's kind of like a wind-up toy where they'll technically run forever if you like take care of it. So, okay. So just to preface for everybody, I know nothing about watches. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, so with watches, there's mechanical watches, mm -hmm. and then there's, which is the wind-up, more old-world art form. And yeah. then there's the digital? The quartz. The quartz. So, and, yeah, it's very basic. There's mechanical and quartz. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the mechanical is the, the old wind-up, and the quartz is just the... Battery-powered. Battery-powered. So technically, digitals are quartz watches. Okay. Yeah. And then what do you think is people's fascination with that? Like, there's, like, a super niche group of people who, like, just love watches. Is it, like, the art form of how the mechanics work in the watch, like you mentioned? I think it's all... Very, there's, like, different groups within the watch group. Like, mm -hmm. some people are just, like, look into watches for the investment value of it. Like, the Rolexes, you know, Patek Philippe's. They're very expensive watches that are basically stocks to them. Um, and then there's other people who just, like you know, wearing watches. They like the, it's like art and engineering combined almost. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Art and engineering combined. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes like a watch, like a Rolex, like that much better? I mean, is don't all watches have same parts? Don't they all operate the same and they're all on time to a certain degree? Yeah, well, I guess it's more, it's mostly like a luxury item at, at this point because most mechanical watches, which are the expensive ones for the most part, um, they're not actually as accurate as the cheap quartz ones. So like a random, you know, target watch that runs on battery is going to be, for the most part, more accurate than a Rolex or something like that. That is so yeah. interesting. So people only get like the Rolexes or the older, the other brands because of the prestige? Prestige and like, I guess prestige and with everything, there's always, you know, quality, right? And, like if you collect you know, shoes or bags, you know, as the higher you go up, there's some qualities that are like more desirable in like higher brands. Mm -hmm. um, so like the movement itself is like more accurate um, in a mechanical stand, like comparing to other mechanical pieces. Um, the finishing of the case, you know, the metals. Um, and I think for me, one of my favorite parts about a watch is like the dial itself. Um, so there's like a lot of very in like exquisite like design. That's, I don't know if that's even a phrase, but like, you know. Totally. Yeah, very delicately designed um, dials, which is really cool. Were you always into watches as a kid or is that something that you kind of grew into as you got older and your engineering brain started going or? I'd say I had, I always was interested in watches. Like growing up, I never wore a watch because I was like a kid who runs around, you know, like kind of at recess, you know, just run around, play handball, stuff like that. So my parents don't want me to have a watch because they don't want to break it. But I've always wanted one and like, I think I got one for my birthday when I was five and I broke that one. And then my parents didn't get me one until like, I was like 10. It's all digital watches. So I got one for like $3 in Taiwan mm -hmm. and then broke that one. <laughs> um, I think I got one for 25 cents when like there's a CVS closing. Yeah. And they're just a game of watches. I got one of those, broke that. Um, and then I think 
what really like started the interest again was um, in high school or when I graduated high school. Well, this is kind of a long story, but tell in, it. <laughs> in high school, well, it's not that long, but like in high school, I worked for my friend's dad who like resells or who sells things online. It's so, like on Amazon. He's like, I don't know what the official definition of it or the term, but like he sells stuff on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked for him. And then as a graduation gift, he gave me a watch, and I think. It was in, like a really nice box, so I was like, "Wow, this is really cool!" Like the presentation of it, and I was I just wear that all the time. And then in college, you know, that's when like a lot of your interests like really develop and mature. <laughs> that's like when I really got into it. And then going having an internship, you know, having your own money to spend, you don't have to ask your parents, you know, to buy this thing. You can just buy it yourself. And then that kind of fed the addiction a little bit. But the actual addiction, like full blown addiction, started when like during COVID, because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing else to do except online. You know, looking at watches, and then just experimenting. I guess with buying whatever I like, and then kind of learning about it that way. So currently, um, where you're at is that you purchase watches, um, and then do you resell them? Like, what do you do? Do you collect them? Like, what is your thing? Yeah. So, I guess uh, I don't know what my thing is. I like to say like I'm collecting them for like a a bigger purpose purpose i'm not i wouldn't say i resell them that often like i resell some of them to my friends like you know here <laughs> um but for the most part i collect them because i like them and then i also have instagram so kind of like having a variety on my page and i think that attracts more followers that's my excuse for buying a whole bunch anyways sure yeah um so i did take a peek into your instagram and all the sh- photos are like so beautifully shot do you f- shoot them yourself or yeah you do <laughs> okay so of every single like image of the wash that we see on instagram you have yes currently a lot of repeats though so it's not like i don't have 400 watches there's like yeah. a lot of repeats <laughs> i see yeah <laughs> i think like one day i think Michael took me out to, um, Michael Lin. He's on the media team. He's really good at camera stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he took me to, like, Santana Row and Crate and Barrel. I mean, just kind of taught me the basics of, like, a DSLR camera. Because mm-hmm. I used to, like, only shoot on the iPhone. But, like, there's a lot of limitations to that. Um, so a lot of credit goes to Michael Lin. <laughs> So what do you think, you know, from your experience of, like, uh, collecting now, like, what makes a watch more collectible or valuable than yeah. a... D- than another one is it is it like shoes like the jordans like those limited releases or like how does that work <laughs> like in terms of monetary value or or I mean, yeah i mean i i'm curious do people collect things only for monetary value or is there something that's not as expensive but still just as coveted if not more yeah i think a lot of people i think most of it it's like supply and demand like mm-hmm. basic economics um like with rolex you know you can't buy a rolex you can't walk in the store and buy a rolex right now like for retail price at least um, just because they don't make that many and everyone wants them. Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So what, you have to go to the black market? <laughs> well, they call it the gray market. <laughs> okay, the gray <laughs> so market. They're not authorized dealers, but like they buy it and then they sell it for like whatever price they want. Because mm-hmm. like authorized dealers, they have to, there's a certain price range that they can sell it at. Um, it's very limiting, I think. Um, so wait, so they don't make Rolexes at all anymore? Oh, they do. But like, oh, they do. Oh, just limited quantity. Limited. Well, okay. not very limited. They make a, a quite a bit, of, like quite a bit. But like the demand's so high mm-hmm. that they don't come into the stores anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So you can only try them on in the stores. You can't actually go in the store, pick one out, and take it home. And then where? So it, like, say if somebody was in the market for a Rolex or what's comparable, the Patek. Patek that you mentioned. I'd say it's like. A little higher. Well, I don't want to be like a snobbish about it. Yeah, like, snob. It's okay. <laughs> it's like a little, I consider it a little higher than Rolex um, mm-hmm. in terms of prestige and like how they how they make it. I guess is that the top line? 
or is it's there one even... of the top that I consider. I honestly haven't explored that far mm-hmm. up the line just because if I, I can't buy it, I'm not like not interested in it that much, you know. Um, but there are a lot of crazy watches out there. There's like watches that d- depict the solar system and like kind of rotate. It's kind of weird, actually. It's not even a watch anymore. Yeah, like, how, can you break that down for me? What do you mean? Like, it's like they literally have like planets orbiting that, like, and then you have to tell the time through how it orbits. Honestly, I think it's just more of a kind of cool thing. Okay. But I don't know if you can tell time. I think you can tell time on it, but like, obviously, people who buy those watches, they're not going to tell time with it. Oh, it's more as, for like viewing sh- the planets. It's more for like, yeah, showing off. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So if you were interested in getting one of these like more prestigious watches and you talked about the gray market, like how do you, how does one enter into the gray market? Is it more like online retailers or? Yeah, it's mostly just like, like online retailers. <laughs> and then is that through uh, eBay or through other avenues? Is there a certain like watch world uh, website where <laughs> like there's like all these dealers? There's a lot of online watch like seller, resellers. Um Yes, like Joma Shop's one of them. Like, there's a lot of different websites that sell watches. And then, since they're not authorized, they can just sell them, like, whatever price they want. Actually, I think Joma Shop might be, like, a authorized dealer. But um, there's a lot of websites out there. So it's not as sketchy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of them do go on eBay and sell, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wh- can you recommend, like, in what are, like, are there, it's, like, high-end watches, mid-grade basic yeah can you recommend a couple from your expertise that you think are like good to highlight for people if they're interested in watches yeah and why maybe i think a a good brand to start in with seiko for sure just because mm-hmm. the affordability and like the quality that they, they bring you know with the watch obviously affordability in the watch industry is very relative i was gonna ask like <laughs> what is uh can you even speak to that like what is an affordable like watch so like median price yeah <laughs> So I heard the argument that like people get mad sometimes when they hear affordable watch because they're like they're like oh you know it's affordable for some people, but I feel like it's more of a general like price range. Sure. Yeah. So like maybe like under a thousand is probably like f- considered more affordable. Okay. Yeah, like anywhere a thousand or more, you know, a thousand to ten k is like luxury, I guess, and then anything above that is like you have a lot of money. <laughs> So if you were to do like a progression for somebody starting out, you would say, hey, like start out the Psycho. Yeah, Seiko. Sorry, how do you pronounce uh, it? Seiko. <laughs> Seiko. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, you, you are kind of a Psycho when you like buy a bunch of watches. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> it is so accurate. You, so you start out with a Seiko. Yeah. And then what's the next uh, like level of like watches you would recommend? I feel, feel like once you kind of know what you want, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> okay. Because... Uh, like Seiko, like I'd say, is a good starting point, but you know, it's not like a beginner's watch. If you know what I mean, it's like it's not it's like not looked down upon. It's like, oh, you know, he's a beginner because he has a Seiko. You know, yeah. Um, it's just like a watch that kind of embodies everything at that price price point. You know, they have good automatic movements or mechanical movements, like cool dials, and um, offer a relatively affordable price. <laughs> and those are the th- the things that people look for in a watch. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. I think most like watch people they enjoy the um or for my group of watch people they enjoy the movement and like the like all the specs of it like some people might like it just because you know it's it's jewelry to them mm-hmm. so it's more of like a uh, a highlighting piece you know yeah like a necklace or something like that so like yeah so do you, so like a watch to a guy is probably like the same as like jewelry for a girl like whether it's like a ring or a diamond ring or things like that I guess so. I think it's uh the way I see it 
it's like because I, I was a car guy like okay quote-unquote car guy i like cars but you know cars are expensive and that's how i went to got to watch it because it's kind of similar where like there's performance involved with like the accuracy of you know the movement you can modify it if you want um it's i don't know it's kind of a just a hobby i guess what is your dream watch that you would want oh i don't know um there's a brand called like Audimar P. Gay. I don't know if I'm saying it right because it's like, you know, European. Yes. But it's like AP. They have like a, a watch called the Royal Oak. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's very interesting. It's like a hexagon shaped like case. Um, and it's very hard to get. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, honestly, it's a pretty basic looking watch. Like if you saw it, you probably wouldn't think it's worth like up, like up to 100K. Um, but that is like... Up like to 100K. Yeah. I think like some... Um, yeah, some specs can get up to 100k, especially after it reaches, you know, the the resellers market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's that because of just how it's made and all of the yeah that go into it. But also, like a lot of company history, um, you know, the quality of it, and again, like the supply and demand of it. Can I ask, like, for luxury watches, are they handmade now, or are they like, do they preserve that craft in having it being handmade, or is it made by a machine? A lot of the expensive ones, yeah, are handmade. Okay. Yeah. And then where are like, is that Switzerland? Like. Yeah, I think the Swiss like are the most uh, well known for the watches. Yeah. But the Japanese watches are really good too. German watches are pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the U.S. used to have a pretty good, like, pretty good brands like Timex. Timex is still like mostly in the U.S., um, but like Hamilton was also another one. Bulova, but they've all been bought, you know, by other big watch groups like watch companies. I see. Yeah, but Timex is like still like the one of the remaining big um, American brands. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then. You mentioned earlier that you have an Instagram page, right? And this is like a hobby for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm sure, I mean, people probably come to you to consult. Like, do friends come and just ask you when they have? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's it called? They bring up, like, watches to me. They're like, what do you think about this watch? And I kind of give them, like, my thoughts on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not, honestly, I'm not that, what's it called? I wouldn't say I'm that good of a advisor on watches. Just because, you know, I'm in that kind of that boat where I think, you know, if you like it, you know, you should just get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not like snobbish about, oh, you know, that one's not good because of this and this and that. Like, that's why you shouldn't get it. Well, I'll give you my, my opinions, like why I wouldn't get it or why I would get it. But I wouldn't be like, oh, don't get that one. I think that's good, though, because yeah. that's actually like a fair assessment mm-hmm. for people. And it's like not too biased yeah. and they can like make their own informed decision. So yeah. I think that's actually the the right way to go if you're <laughs> like a true consultant. You know? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, in the watch community, there's like a lot of quote unquote watch snobs. Yeah. It's very controversial when people say, I don't like this watch because a lot of people take it personally because yeah. they really like their watches. And it is like a lot of them are a, a good amount of financial investment, too. So. Mm-hmm. They feel very personally about the watches all the time. Yeah. Where do you feel like you want to go with this hobby and this passion? Yeah. So, you know, I'm an engineer by trade, like software engineer by trade. Mm-hmm. So I've been building like a website. I've been hoping to, you know, use my Instagram as marketing, you know, like. Yeah. And then drive it towards the website and eventually become, you know, a gazillionaire and buy a bunch of watches. Amazing. <laughs> and be like a watch influencer. I guess so. Yeah. What is the kind of content that you would want to share with people on the website? Uh, I don't know, just like my thoughts, like my thoughts on the, like the watches I have. Mm-hmm. So like 
kind of review piece, I guess. Yeah. But somewhere you can easily see, you know, what watch I've owned, you know, how long I've owned it. Because, like, right now on YouTube, you see a lot of, like, influencers. They kind of just review a watch, but they really only, like, see it for the video, you know. They don't actually have a lot of experience or time with it. Oh, so they're just really doing the unboxing and that's about it. Yeah, unboxing, like, you know, first impressions. You know, sometimes you want to know, like, oh, how's it going to be, like, a year from now? Yeah. Like, or two years from now? Um, especially with the watch, because, you know, they're a lot of them are, like, long-term, like, purchases. Yeah, like, life, almost lifelong investments yeah. in a way. Yeah, you can pass them down to your kids, like. Yeah. yeah. I've always been, like, fascinated with that because people who really uh, care about it, like, there is an aspect of, like, just having it be an heirloom and it mm -hmm. being passed down. Yeah. So. And, like, if it's, like, all mechanical, you know, theoretically it'll run forever right yeah yeah and then um how much when a watch breaks like when you have something that's like a higher more complexly made like how crazy is it to get it fixed it's pretty expensive yeah like yeah. some watches even need servicing so mm -hmm. like if it runs slow you know or you notice it's not running as it should be you have yeah. to get it serviced so it's like a car like there's yeah. maintenance involved yeah for the higher end ones yeah yeah because like you want to preserve you know everything if it's like Lower end, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> you know, I'll just buy another one. Like, sometimes it's it's cheaper just to replace it. Yeah. When it's, like, the lower price tiers. I wonder, as, like, an engineer, have do you, like, do you fix watches? Or have you ever taken a watch apart and, like, tried to put it back together and all of that? Yeah, I had a... There was this one video I was, tr I was trying to make about, like, me replacing a movement. Mm -hmm. And I completely blew up in my face. And then I stopped posting videos for a long time just because I got tired of, like, you know... I don't know, but yeah, I have. <laughs> it's a it's a very complicated because everything's really small too. Mm -hmm. um, so like, seeing things is like really hard. Do you and have like, to wear those like binocular glasses that you see? I'm at movies? an age where I don't have to yet. Oh, lucky you! <laughs> but I'll, I mean, I haven't really like gone that deep into like fixing watches yet. Yeah. But, like all the screws are so tiny. Mm -hmm. Like you need like special screwdrivers, like tweezers, stuff like that. Yeah. And just it was too much for me. <laughs> Well, maybe one day there's still hope. We'll see you make that video. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, the hope is I become a gazillionaire and just like, you know, buy whatever. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I, I'm happy to hear that you have the aspirations of building out the site, the blog, the yeah. reviews. Um, and even like it sounds like with what you're saying about the YouTube, like there's still a gap in terms of like how people explain about mm -hmm. each kind of watch. So maybe that's something you could do too. Yeah, for sure. Because like. Sometimes when you watch YouTubers, a lot of them are sponsored. You know, a lot of them have their own, like, online shops. So you mm -hmm. don't really know if they're trying to sell you a watch or right. really, like, speaking, like, you know, from experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wonder, um, as a watch enthusiast, are there, like, watch like watch clubs or, like, uh, oh, conventions yeah. <laughs> or, like... Yeah, there's a lot of, like, a lot of the... Uh, I think there's something called Basel World, where it's like all the watch companies come out and like they show their the newest lineup. And like a lot of people go to that. Like on Facebook, there's a lot of watch communities. You know, Instagram is a very big watch community where everyone just posts pictures of the watches mm -hmm. and like comments on them. It's kind of weird actually. You just post pictures. It's like show and tell on Instagram basically. Yeah. Um, and people really enjoy that. I know a lot of people who are on Instagram like constantly just like looking at watch photos yeah i <laughs> me <bet>. included <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome so uh i yeah i'm just very interested to see where you where you go with this and where you take it because how long have you started the instagram page and i think i started oh, during the pandemic yeah during the pandemic okay um yeah i think there was a span in time where i posted a picture like every single day for an entire year wow <laughs> and it got really tiring yeah so now i'm like posting every week now so mm -hmm. 
Do you get sponsorships from other companies that like? When I you do. Come yeah. Out? Okay. Like Timex sent me, I think around ten-ish watches, like ten, ten plus watches. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to. Do you get to keep? I, I do get to keep it. You get to keep all of them. Okay, yeah. I amazing. mean, as long as I take a picture, you know, use the hashtag promote a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Like a lot of straps too. Like strap companies, they send me like, like there's watch straps. Yeah. Because I, I think. I don't know if you know, but like a lot of watches, you can switch out mm-hmm. you know, the metal brace and stuff like that. So a lot of watch companies, uh, strap companies, send me straps. Um, so yeah. isn't that pretty cool, though? You're like living out your dream of like collecting all these things. It is pretty cool. I think the coolest one was actually like, uh, what's it called? Participated in a Seiko um, contest. Yeah. Where it's like, I think the whole thing was like the brand or the model is called Psycho 5, right? So you go into the community and find a five and take a picture with it oh yeah so i went to like uh the apple campus in cupertino mm-hmm. like the old one and they have a bunch of numbers out there and so there's a giant five there and i just took a picture and i won five free watches amazing <laughs> yeah. and they're all like automatic watches that are you know pretty decently priced <laughs> like yeah. like two three hundred dollars i got five of them and that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah do you have a dream collab i don't know um I feel like the watch companies they try to collaborate with like non-watch community people, like oh, like uh, celebrities. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. um, they don't really try to sponsor people from the watch community. I guess that makes sense because you know, then people won't trust them as much. Yeah, you know? but a lot of people like see athletes wear. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, and they're not really. I think that's what people see athletes wear. It's not really about like the watch anymore. It's more about like the prestige, the clout. Yeah, yeah. there was like a year ago or two years ago, there was like a watch that was so popular commercial more commercial grade i'm sure mm-hmm. but every single celebrity was uh endorsing it do you know what i'm talking about it's like this it was like a really clean face like minimalist watch there is a I uh i should have like looked it up but i forgot like kendall jenner yeah. was a oh yes okay i know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like do you think watches like that are good or is it just literally just to get the word out and to yeah so those watches are like considered fashion watches oh, okay so like a lot of people in the watch community don't like them just because they put more money into the marketing than the watch itself. I see. So, like, a lot of them are very basic, you know, quartz movements. Like, not all quartz movements are basic. There are some, like, some quartz movements that are really expensive, like, from Grand Seiko that are mm-hmm. very accurate. Like, I think in the whole year, they only use, like, one to two seconds in the whole year. But, like, the movements they use are very cheap. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, if you buy them in bulk, it can be under a dollar or something like that. I see. And then they just kind of stick them in these minimalistic-looking um cases and dials which i actually do like the look of yeah <laughs> like, don't get me wrong they, they do look really nice because like a lot of people they buy a watch as a fashion piece you know right and that's how i kind of got into it because like, you know it's a nice accessory to have yeah um but anyways back to the point um they sell those for like 100 and 200 dollars mm-hmm. and there's like there's a lot of other watches that are much better specs wise that you can buy um than these fashion watches that probably last a lot longer too right for sure yeah, yeah. and like the only reason people buy these watches is because um the celebrities are endorsing it and yeah. the celebrities don't know what they're endorsing either so yeah. a lot of people it gets a lot of hate from <laughs> the watch community i'm sure yeah i wonder like you know um girls like they could spot a handbag a mile away like is it the same with like guys with <laughs> watches it's like does your eye automatically go to somebody's wrist if they're wearing a real watch and not yeah. an apple watch yeah for me yeah like I, I was in the office one day and then like some guy was walking by and he sat across from me. He's like, oh, is that a, like, Omega Speedmaster? He's like, yeah, you have a good eye. Like, how'd you know that? He's like, oh, yeah, I recognize, you know, the case shape, you know, the dial color. There's some things, like, that stick out to me. Yeah. Like, when I watch movies now, I think 
being a watch person has ruined watching TV shows and movies. Cause, like, really? I'm always looking for what watch they're wearing. Yeah. And I get too caught up with that. And then I, free, I, I miss the plot, basically. <laughs> Yeah. And then do you, when they're wearing the watches in the shows, are they usually good ones or bad ones? For the most part, they're, they're pretty good. Because like, yeah. I think a watch says a lot about a person too. So mm. they, they really take that into their character building. You know, like a lot of watches could be like a, a more blue collar watch, like or a, you know, flashy, you know, this luxury watch, you know, it kind of says a lot about character. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I think it's it's a very... It's a very big, deep rabbit hole that I've fallen into. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I want to hear more about it because I think that uh, I know like this. I'm like your typical like surface surface person mm-hmm. when it comes to watches. But I know there's so many, so many layers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I was watching NCIS, like the original ones. And I was looking at all the watches, you know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the, um, the show. Yes, yes. Yeah. So there's Denozo, you know, he's kind of flashy, you know, mm-hmm. so you can tell by his watch, you know, he has like a tag Hoyer Monaco. Yeah. Well, at one point he had one. It's more of like a flashy showy piece. Yeah. You know, and Gibbs has like a Omega, you know, I believe it was like a, some kind of Seamaster or Planet Ocean Seamaster. So very like workman kind of kind of thing. Very durable. Mm-hmm. It kind of like shows, you know, the character. Yeah. And their yeah. personality and yeah. who they are. Exactly. <laughs> if you were to uh, try to like tell somebody or like get somebody to engage in the watch world, mm-hmm. like what is like your pitch for that? Honestly, just hand them a really nice watch, like a mm-hmm. nice watch, like a Seiko or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how... So I got, like, my friends into it. I don't yeah. remember how that really started. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I just showed them, like, one of my watches, kind of explained, like, oh, this watch doesn't have any batteries. Mm-hmm. It kind of blows them away. Like, oh, what? This watch doesn't have any batteries at all? How does it move? And it's like, oh, you know, it's all mechanical. It's all wind up. And then I guess, like, it's also because a lot of my friends are engineers, so they're really interested in that engineering side, too. And then, you know, they see, you know, the watch itself. Like, oh, it's really, like, it's really nice. You know, the metal f- finish is really nice. Mm-hmm. And other people are like, oh, you know, it matches my outfit. You know, <laughs> I like the look of it. Um, and then once I tell them more about it, they begin to want, you know, like, everyone wants the best, you know, like, yeah. or the best value. I think our culture, they want the best value for their money. Mm-hmm. So I kind of explain to them how you can do that with a watch. And then that's how they kind of get into it more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks for chatting with me a little bit and sharing with me your world of watches. (laughs) Um, Again, I'm like excited to see where you take this. I I always think it's great when people like really actually develop their passions and it's not just something that's stagnant. Yeah. And it sounds like you're totally doing that. So yeah, it's a... It hurts the wallet, but <laughs> it's good for the soul. Well, <laughs> hopefully you get more sponsorships so it doesn't hurt the wallet. I hope <laughs> so <just> too, yeah. <laughs> what is your future website going to be called? Or if you're not ready to unveil, that's fine too. Oh, I, I bought the domain name, okay. domain name already. So it's going to be called Collect State. Okay. So kind of like, you know, the state of your collection, Collect yes. State. Oh, yeah. cool. And so my, my, com- my commercial idea is, you know, to have celebrity come on and be like, you know, I'm Clay Thompson and this is my Collect State. Yeah. And they kind of pan over his collection and then that's kind of the whole commercial. <laughs> Ooh. I really like that idea. Yeah. It's almost like an MTV Cribs, but like yeah. watch edition. Yeah, or just anything. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. That's my commercial idea. Is that going to be a separate entity from the casual watch guy? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess so. It's like, because CollectState is my website idea. Mm-hmm. Casual watch guy is the marketing to drive it towards, you know, CollectState. Yeah. <laughs> amazing ideally i have to get the website out first but yeah 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 you know, well, that's in the making yeah. already that's step one yeah it's kind of funny though because like, i tell my friends all the time like oh we're gonna be gazillionaires i'm gonna buy this building buy that building and my website's not up so my dad always tells me you know maybe you should get your website up first you <laughs> you're know? like right <laughs> yeah like, oh yeah it's a pretty big step <laughs> yeah 
but I'm, a, I'm like a very forward-thinking dreaming you know kind of guy mm-hmm. yeah well it's good to be a dreamer yeah. yeah it really is it's fun to dream <laughs> yeah awesome well we're looking forward to that yeah and we're gonna check in with you and hold you to that for yeah. the state collective collective yeah. state collective state com dot com and uh at the casual watch guy yes at the casual watch guy instagram yes thanks josh yeah <laughs>